The following is a presentation of the Connection Church, a place where people are being set free. If you'd like to know more information about our community, you can join us online at connectionchurchnc.com. Good morning, Connection Church. Can you guys give it up for them, man? They put a lot of... yeah. Phenomenal, phenomenal worship this morning. I want to start off by bragging and, and pointing out our small groups, man. You know, last week we were really pushing them, and this week we're really pushing them, and we're saying, hey, you're missing out on so much if you don't get connected to a connection point, which is our small groups here. I heard from many small group leaders that had, some only had a few people in them. Uh, some of our small groups turned into small churches this past week, which is a good thing and a bad thing. Um, but man, I heard so many great things taking place through our connection points this week. And I want to continue to encourage you that, um, if you're not in a connection point, not only for this series of the circle maker, but as we continue to grow and as we continue to add services, um, man, you're going to have to be a part of a group that's smaller than this. If you want to feel connected at this church, because I've already heard it and it's not a bad thing. I've already heard some people that were in the first service this morning who were looking for you, they say, well, I don't ever get to see this person. You know, hey, listen, we have to be connected in a family. And guys at Connection Church, those are through our small groups. So guys, if you're not in one of those, our small group table is located. As soon as you walk out the hall, it's the first little place that you see. I encourage every one of you to, uh, to check that out. I promise you it will be worth your effort. It will be worth your time. And you will make relationships and fa- you will meet people that can possibly change your life. Connection points, it's where it's at. Turn in your Bibles, if you would. We're going to jump head first into this this morning to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20. Go ahead and find Matthew chapter 20. We're going to be starting at verse 29. Matthew chapter 20, verse 29. It tells a story, a passage of Scripture about two blind men where we're going to be looking at this morning. So in verse 29, God's word reads this way. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho. Anybody ever heard us talk about Jericho in here? It's the same Jericho. As Jesus and his disciples were leaving Jericho, a large crowd followed him. Two blind men were sitting by the roadside, and when they heard that Jesus was going by, they shouted, Lord, son of David, have mercy on us. The crowd rebuked them. And told them to be quiet, but they shouted all the louder, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Verse 32, it says, Jesus stopped and called them. What do you want me to do for you? He asked. Lord, they answered, we want our sight. Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes. Immediately they received their sight and followed Him. Hey God, this morning... We're coming to you in the same name that is Jesus that touched these two blind men's eyes. Lord, there's some of us maybe today that don't understand that. Lord, there may be some of us that don't really believe that. But God, we truly believe and we stand on that this morning. That we're coming to you in the name of Jesus. 
God, you know what we're talking about here this morning. Lord, there's some of us in here who really struggle with praying. Lord, there's just some, let's be honest, that don't pray. God, there's some of us, if not every one of us, that, God, we don't really know what to pray. And so, Jesus, right now we're asking in your name to do something great. God, I thank you for what you did earlier this morning in this very place. It wasn't through man, but it was because your Holy Spirit is real and alive and in this place. And so, God, over these next few minutes, will your Holy Spirit please speak to us, Lord, in ways that I never could. And so, Lord, will you help us to move the distractions, whatever they may be, God, that so our minds can be clear and that we can be focused on your word. God, I'm praying once again this morning to have your way. Lord, have your way in this place. And God, I thank you in advance for what you're getting ready to do. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Hey guys, it looks like here in Matthew chapter 20 that Jesus is leaving Jericho some thousand plus years after the walls have fallen. Jesus is leaving Jericho. And it sounds like to me that At Jesus' age, he's 33 years old. He's at the very end of his earthly ministry. It sounds like to me that he's saying, you know what, I'm going to go to an old-fashioned style. Guys, you've been in a church service, haven't you, where the church service sort of just broke out. I, I mean, I've been a part of a church like this where prayer requests just flowed, right? Like people would raise their hand and they'd say, Pastor, I need you to pray for Bob, his colon is, is really struggling. You've been in those, haven't you? Okay. Where, where we start giving all of these prayer requests and we start making our lists and we start praying. Jesus, at the end of His ministry, here on earth, 33 years old, it sounds like to me that that's what He goes and He does. Because He's walking down the street, two blind men wave Him down, And they shout out their prayer request. I mean, isn't that why you and I pray? So that our prayers... Listen, we're going to be talking about specific prayers this morning. But isn't that why you and I pray? So that our prayers will be answered by God? Isn't that why we pray? And so these two blind men, they give their request. And here's the beautiful part about it. Is that Jesus instantly answers their prayer. We love those kind of prayers, don't we? I love it when I pray and God answers right away. Hey, listen, I even like it better when I pray and God only not only answers right away, but He answers the way I wanted Him to answer, right? Those are some good prayers. I must have been doing really good that week that God and I were that close, but, but that's why we pray, isn't it? You know, last week I said that this series has the potential, and I believe it because I'm going to say it again today. I believe that it has the potential to change our prayer lives. I believe that it has the opportunity, the potential to change the lives of this church 
and the lives that are in this community. I believe that. Because what I'm getting ready to do today and where we're getting ready to go is hopefully turn your prayer life upside down. Because you see, our prayer life and the way we pray, church, it's not all about our lists and it's not all about our details that we can say to God. about us praying specifically what God desires for us to be praying for. You see, it looks like these two blind men, right? It looks like that they shouted out pretty selfishly their prayer requests. Listen, I didn't do this in the first service. Here's a little tidbit. We aren't under such a time restraint in this service, okay? I don't really care if you're second or third or eighth in line at KNW today. You're still going to eat, all right? And so we're not under the time crunch that we are in the first service, so I didn't get to do this. But what I want us to do is I want every single one of you to to, uh, take your wallets out and lay it on the seat beside of you, and then I want you to close your eyes. Actually, leave your wallets there. I was kidding. But I do want you to close your eyes and grab those buckets. I want you to close your eyes, every single one of you. Close your eyes. I love the fact that there were people going for their wallets. God is good. Awesome. Two offerings next week, sweet. Um, Close your eyes, every one of you. You're blind. Don't open them. Don't open them. Do not open your eyes. You're blind. And, and, And Jesus is getting ready to walk by. You're blind, so don't open your eyes. Jesus is getting ready to walk by. Hey, let me ask you. You can go ahead and open them. What's the first thing you're going to say to Jesus? What are you going to say? Huh? Kill me? Oh, heal me. You're just ready to go to heaven. Hey, that's one way to do it. Heal me. All right, heal me. Somebody over here said it. That's exactly what we would say. We're like, give me my sight. Right? I mean, we'd get that specific that quick. And it sounds like that's what these blind men did, right? But wait a minute. Because if we're reading this at just face value, man, we're missing out on so much. I say that a lot here in this church. Is if we're reading just the black and white and sometimes red print, guys, we're going to miss so much in Scripture. we got to dive a little deeper into this passage and sometimes dig into what is not actually written. You see, their prayer request, very specific. Their initial request was not, Jesus, give me my sight, because that's what you and I would have said. That wasn't their initial request. Yeah. Their initial request comes here in verse 31. Verse 31, it says, Lord, Son of David, mercy on us. See, I think a lot of us would have selfishly started into the details of what we wanted Jesus to do for us. And I think if we simply read it as that, and oh, it's a great miracle. God shows His power once again through His Son, Jesus. It's an unbelievable miracle. Let's don't miss that. But that's not our focus this morning. Our focus is on these two blind men 
who were humble enough, who revered Jesus enough, and they show us that by the title that they called out. You see, back then, there was the debate going on to whether Jesus was actually the Son of God or not. These two blind men revered Jesus as the Son of God. Lord, Son of David, what they called Him. You see, we learn something from these very humble and reverent men. Oh yeah, they were the recipients of a beautiful miracle. But they showed me and they show us that their initial request was, Lord, have mercy on me. And I believe if we understand what they were saying, listen, it will change your prayer life. You see, they said, Lord, Son of David, have mercy on us. Could it have been that these two blind men knew that if God's mercy came upon them, that it was better than them actually receiving their sight. If God's compassion would have come upon them, if His mercy would have flowed upon them, it didn't matter to them if they received their sight or not. They simply desired God's mercy. That will change the way we pray. I spoke to an individual, a friend of mine, whose dad is going through some tests. It will change the way we pray. These two blind men didn't say, Lord, heal me. They said, Lord, have compassion. Have mercy on me. I remember my first ever hospital visit as a pastor. It was in 2005. I was in Moxville, North Carolina. Nobody ever had taught me how to go visit someone in the hospital. No one had ever taught me how to pray for someone in the hospital. But there was this man by the name of Terry, a dear friend, a dear man. His wife contacted me and said, Terry is really sick. He, he was needing kidney transplant. And she said, Scott, could you come and pray for Terry? Well, I had never met Terry. I'd never met his wife. And so I was getting ready to walk into a hospital room to pray for a dying man, and I had no clue how to pray for him. And so I Googled it. Nothing came up. I went to our discipline. I had no idea how to pray for someone who was dying in the hospital. And I remember praying, God, how do I pray for Terry? Lord, tell me how to pray for Terry. I didn't get a response. That happens sometimes. And so I remember going into his room, and I knew that I was not going to be able to pray this prayer that many of us would pray. Lord, you're the great physician. Lord, will you heal Terry? I couldn't pray that. I could not pray for Terry to be healed. And so I prayed the only prayer 
that I knew to pray for Terry. I said, Lord, have your way in Terry's life. Listen, I couldn't get wrapped up in what his wife thought of me. I was their brand new pastor, and the pastor didn't even pray for Terry's healing. But I simply prayed, Lord, have your way in Terry's life. Some of you may say, well, Scott, you must lack faith. Scott, you took the easy way out in that prayer. You see, I prayed a prayer that if it is good enough for Jesus to pray, then it is good enough for me and you to pray. There's a story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane that night getting ready to die for us, right? And he's praying and he's kneeling down there in the garden. Turn in your Bibles to Matthew 26 so you can see this for yourself. In Matthew chapter 26, verse 39, it says this. It says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed. He said, my father, he's talking to God. He says, God, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me. And what he's saying there, listen, Jesus was getting ready to go get beaten He was getting ready to go die on the cross for us. And he knew that it was going to be an agonizing death. And he said, listen, his humanness came out right here in the garden. And he says, God, listen, I don't want to go do this. I don't want to die. And he says, if it's possible, can you take these next few days from me? But then he ends his prayer. And he says, yet not as I will, but as you will. God, not my way. Listen, this is important. God, not my way, but yours. You see, Jesus taught us to pray. He taught his disciples to pray. And there's a similar verse in Matthew 6. You can look it up later. And it's in his Lord's Prayer that we know that many of us has probably have said many times over. And there's a part in it that says, Lord, may your will be done on earth right here as it is in heaven. Listen, this will change your prayer life. If you can honestly pray, God, your way and not mine and mean it. You see, a lot of times I think that we pray that, God, your will be done but it has an asterisk beside of it. And Lord, your will be done. Asterisk in my time frame and in my way. That's what we think praying specifically is all about. No. Listen, I wanted, hear me, I wanted Terry to be healed. He, he, he wasn't healed. He, he died not too many years later. Oh yeah, he was healed in heaven. Perfect. No more pain, no more suffering in heaven. But he was not healed here on earth. I want all of my prayers to be answered. And I believe that Jesus is the great physician. 
I believe with all of my heart that if God wants to heal someone, He can and will heal someone. And so I want everybody to be healed. And I want all of our prayers to be answered. But not in our way. But in His way. You see, praying specifically doesn't mean that we tell God what color of car we want. Praying specifically doesn't mean that we are now telling God what our new job description is going to look like. It's not telling God that, hey, this is the new zip code for where our new home is going to be located. That is not us praying specifically. Praying specifically is simply praying God's desires. See, these two blind men did just that. And if these two blind men can, you and I can as well. I just happen to know for a fact that Jesus did nothing. He did not do one thing outside of the perfect will of God. So here, once again in our scripture, it says that Jesus asked these two blind men, what is it that you want me to do? And they say that I want, want you to heal us, give us our sight. And it says Jesus touched their eyes and immediately their sight was restored. You see, these two blind men prayed the specific desires of God. And it happened. That's what it means to pray specifically. Listen, I hope, I hope that that sparks the question in every one of your minds. Scott, that's not what I thought praying specifically was. Scott, I will pray specifically. I will pray God's desires. I just don't know what those desires are. Scott, how do I know what God's desires are for me to even be praying for? You guys ever get like a hankering for um, most of the time for me it's late at night a lot of times after my wife's already gone to bed man I just get hungry you know I, I do I, I just look at it you know? I get hungry and, and I, sometimes I don't know what it is that I want like sometimes I want salty right and sometimes I want sweet and sometimes I want both so And it's the craziest thing is when I'm hungry at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night, how come I'm not wearing the carrots out? Like, how come my wife is not telling me to go easy on the carrots? Because usually what I go to, and I have a go-to, I go to cereal. I don't know why, but Special K Chocolate Delight, I'm going to tell you, 
Listen, yeah, amen. I got an amen for special K chocolate delight. Because here's what it's, listen, it's wonderful. It's better than good um, because you get all those crunchy good flakes at the top. And just when you think you're done, bam, full of chocolate at the bottom. I mean, hey, that's why it's special. But I just realized not too long ago that God impressed it upon someone's heart to make chocolate lucky charms. I mean, come on. I mean, that is, and and so I have a go-to. When I'm hungry late at night, bam, I am filling up a big old bowl of cereal because it satisfies every time. And you see, those of us who are wanting to pray God's desires, but yet we don't know what to pray, Listen, our go-to every time is we must listen. That's simple. We must listen. Your go-to, if you're wanting to pray specifically what God desires for you to pray, is you're going to have to listen. I love what it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I've memorized this scripture. Some of you struggle with scripture memorization. Like, I can't remember anything. Well, you can remember this one. 1 Corinthians 5, 17 is just two words. I don't care if you did graduate from this high school. You can remember this one. It says, pray continually. See, that doesn't mean that you and I continue to talk and tell God our requests and name off our prayer lists. It doesn't mean continue to tell God your desires. You know, we told you that we um, just added Pastor Brent Bennett to our staff, and he is a scholar of God's Word. Listen, he's going to be preaching in a couple of weeks, and you better clear your calendars because you don't want to miss that. But he was sitting with me a couple of weeks ago, and he said, Scott, you know what this means? Do you know what in the original Greek language that word pray means? I mean, he had me. He he stumped me, and I just said, does it it mean to pray? He said, no. He said, in the original Greek language, that word pray literally means for you to hand over your desires for God's desires. It's exchanging your desires, your prayer list, your specific prayers, your desires for God's desires. And so this scripture literally means that we continually, daily, sometimes moment by moment, exchange my desires for God's. Pray continually. But the only way we're able to exchange our desires is if you and I will take some time and we'll listen. You see, our prayer lives may go to places that they've never been before. You may be what some of us church people call prayer warriors. Like you are our go-to prayer warriors. Like we need you in our corner praying for us. 
praying for our next steps, praying for the sick and praying for the lost, that may be on the horizon for you because you are a prayer warrior. And that doesn't mean that you pray more with your words. It may simply mean that you pray more by listening for God's desires. Could it be that we pray more by talking less? I absolutely believe it. Some of you have finished the Circle Maker book. Some of you are still reading it, but on page 79, there's a story about a friend of mine, a longtime family friend, who prayed specific prayers. His story starts there on page 79. His name is Bill Grove. He grew up right here in the High Point area. And I had the privilege this week of, of calling my friend Bill on the phone, and I asked him, that specific question. I said, Bill, when you were praying those specific prayers, there had to be times when you stopped talking and you just stopped and you listened. I want you to listen in on our phone conversation and just listen to what Bill Grove had to say. There had to be times, Bill, when you stopped talking to God and simply was quiet before him when you were just listening and you 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 stopped talking and you listened to what God had to say. Can you describe maybe some times like that? Yeah, the, uh, actually there were a lot of times, Scott, where I just had to trust the fact that I had confessed the word and, and once you confess it, I mean, there's the old, you know, in the verse, you know, confession is possession. In order to leave to hear, hear from God, I had to find a time during the day where uh, it was beneficial for things to get quiet. And there are numerous verses in the Bible of how much God loves the early morning. And I wasn't an early morning person, but God put it on my heart to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and spend time with him. And that's what I started doing. And I'd get up every morning and go spend an hour or so with him in the Word and just meditate and just just sit there. And, 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 and what was incredible about it is he didn't show me things about this job or about my future. He showed me things about him. Mm. It was it was like sitting in a classroom with God and he was teaching me about him and his kingdom and his glory and the things that he wanted me to know beyond my imagination, beyond my thoughts. Like he says, my thoughts are, are beyond yours and my ways are beyond yours. You know, I just had a desire to be as young and to lay my head on his chest. And the more I pushed myself in that particular area, the more God responded to me. You see, he nailed it in one statement. He said that when he got alone 
and when he got quiet, listen, your small group, are gonna, you're going to talk about the challenges that keep you from getting quiet. Hey, just think if you spent as much time being quiet as you did on this. Oh my goodness. We're going to talk about those things that get in your way from being quiet. Listen, there's no telling what we're missing God saying to us, trying to reveal about Himself because we're simply not quiet. But did you hear what Bill said? I love it. He said God did not reveal His next steps. He did not reveal what His future looked like. He didn't say, Bill, you need to do this. And you need to take this job. No. Did you hear what Bill said? Bill said, as I was quiet before God, God started to reveal things about Himself. In church, as we quieten our hearts and as we listen, which will take time to develop, I promise you, You're not going to go home tonight and just knock it out of the park with a 30-minute session of nothing but quiet before God. It is going to take work. Bill said the longer that he was in quiet listening to God, the more God revealed about himself. And listen, the more that God reveals about himself, I promise you, the more you're going to want to spend time with Him. You're going to learn that you can trust Him. And you're going to learn that what He desires is far greater than you could ever desire. Church, we have to listen. Just for these next couple of minutes this morning, that's what we're going to do. We're going to practice. You got a little prayer card when you came in that's blank on the back. Hey, there's some of you in this church that you know what God is specifically asking you to pray for. Amen. You know what God is specifically asking you to write on that card. We made it small so it would fit in your wallet or your Bible or somewhere on the dash of your car because we want you to continue to pray. But I believe for the majority of us in here this morning, there's some, we don't have a clue of what it is God desires for us to pray. We may have been trying to get quiet for a long time. We still don't know. I'm just going to ask you to be quiet. And if you know what that is, I'm going to ask you, please write that on your card and continue to pray. But if you don't know what it is God desires for you to be praying right now, is the time that I want you to begin listening to God. It's got this card so small. Listen, I believe that in our prayer lives, we need less of a list and more listening. And so it's small there on purpose. So maybe some of your family is over here 
And maybe some of your family is over here for the next minute or two. And as we sort of close and wrap this worship service up, if you need to move around, that's what I loved about the first service is people moved around. And they went to get with their family. And they got quiet. And so I'm trusting my God knows what you need to be praying for. So for the next minute or so, let's just quiet in our hearts. This front is open. If you need to create an altar right here, or you just stay right there in your seat, so let's quiet in our hearts.